Welcome to week number three in our series that we're calling Q&A. Uh, this is a series that is for you and by you, really, based on those surveys that you filled out uh, in our Christmas services. And, and this is week number three. Uh, before I jump in to the question this week uh, that you wanted to hear answered from the Bible, let me say this. Uh, next week, I want to invite you back. Uh, I'm not going to be preaching. Actually, I've asked Randy Hood, uh, our campus director here in Hopewell, if he would actually preach I'm going to be coming in like last minute uh, next weekend because I'm out of town this next weekend. And uh, it's the first time he's preaching uh, here at Valley Christian Church. Not the first time he's ever preached, but the first time he's going to be preaching. And I just want you guys just like kill him with applause and encouragement and all that stuff because it just helps so much. So just go crazy, go nuts, and I'll find out those of you who didn't. Okay, so even online and our Poughkeepsie campus, even it recorded, and by the way, welcome. Uh, we, we have, I don't know how many of you realize this, we have close to sometimes 200 people join us online. Not, I'm sorry, not people, devices. Uh, it, sometimes there's three, four people around one computer. Scream at the computer next week, encouragement uh, to Randy, and he's going to be answering the question, how can I have peace of mind? But for our sake, this week, we're answering the third question that you had, and that's how can I live Live above average. How can I live above average? Now, this is an interesting one. Uh, I have to say I was a little surprised uh, that this was the number three question that, that you wanted to hear most. How could I live above average? But the more I started thinking about it, you know, the more I realized I think every single one of us kind of wants to stand out at some point uh, instead of just blend in. There's something, I think God wired us that way uh, where we want to feel special in, in one way or another. Not all the time. I think as kids you want to feel special all the time. But, but as adults still, there are those moments, no doubt about it. Uh, and, and so I think that's where this question really comes from. How can I live above average? And, and I, like to, I like to feel unique. I'm the third son, third brother, and you know, I was never first at almost anything growing up. And so you really want to feel like, okay, this is me. This is who I really am, looking for your identity and what you're all about. I got to tell you, uh, as of dad, just recently, I was just crushed and devastated because I thought I was unique, and I found out I'm not. Uh, it, you know, I like to tell jokes and kind of say funny things around the house and, and all to my kids. And then I found out there's actually this whole, this whole uh, definition that's called dad jokes. Have you heard these, like dad jokes? I thought I just had this witty sense of humor, but they're actually like da Google dad jokes. There's like thousands of them. It's like dads have this certain sense of humor. Not only that, dads always wear like quarter zip up sweaters and stuff. I thought I was kind of unique with that. And then other other night we were watching a comedy, uh, The Goldbergs, which is one of my family's favorites. We we're, we're catching up on that. The kids are home from college. They're going to be leaving soon. And uh, there's something that I thought like is a really big deal to me personally and it's unique. And that is I love, I love, 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 love huge absorbent bath towels. I just love them. It's like the more times I can wrap it around me, the better the towel. And then they talked about it, and the Goldbergs, like, every dad is like this, like, huge. And I was like, I thought that was my thing, and now I have to share it with him on TV. And all of a sudden, these things that I thought made me unique is just like, no, I'm just a quarter-zip dad with jokes and big towels, you know. Uh, but I think every one of us wants to have something unique about us. How can I live above average just not being another face 
in the crowd. And, and I want to invite you to open up your Valley Christian Church app because we're going to look at a pretty cool, just a couple of verses to start off. Uh, but, it, but it's pretty cool how it, this is, we're even going to stumble upon uh, the, this particular man named Jabez. Uh, because when you read through, we're going to start off uh, in, in 1 Chronicles. As you read through 1 Chronicles, like the first six chapters are just genealogies. In, in other words, it's like this guy had this guy and this guy and this guy is his son. It goes on for six chapters and is like bored to tears. You ever read through the Bible in a year? This is the part you're like, God help, there's got to be some help for me here. Six chapters of just family trees and genealogy and it is so boring. And then all of a sudden, there's almost 600 names that are mentioned in those six chapters. Just crazy. It, you know, it just goes on and on and on. But then all of a sudden, there's this one guy that God makes stand out from the crowd. And his name is Jabez. And it's just really cool what, what the Bible says about this one guy, Jabez, that distinguished him, singled him out from more than 600 other men that are mentioned there. Let's look at it. First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. And it's just going on, so-and-so's son was so-and-so, and then his son was so-and-so. And then all of a sudden you come to First Chronicles 4, 9 and 10. And it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brother's. Man, I, I got two older ones. I wish that was said about me, you know. That'd be really cool, make you stand out. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called him Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. How would you like that name for a minute? I mean, really, every one of us should be called Jabez, am I right? Ladies who have had children, am I right? You know, every single one of us should be called Jabez, because there's pain. How would you like all your life say, come over here, pain? Hey, that's my son, Payne. Come on, Payne, it's time for dinner. Just, just think about growing up with, with this all the time spoken over you. Pain, pain. It's the Hebrew word for pain. Jabez. It goes on and says, Jabez called upon the God of Israel. This is what distinguishes him. Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border. And that your hand might be with me. And it goes on and says, and that you would keep me from harm so that, it may, so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. And then it goes back to all this genealogy again. But as you read through it, God says there's something different about Jabez than those other 600 men that are named there. It's crazy, isn't it? In fact, a number of years ago, uh, uh, a Christian author wrote a book called The Prayer of Jabez, and it was like this huge national, so little tiny book, all based on these two verses, The Prayer of Jabez. And then they had the uh, journal for The Prayer of Jabez, and then they had the devotional for The Prayer of Jabez, and then they had Prayer of Jabez for parents, pray, Prayer of Jabez for children, pray of J Prayer of Jabez for left-handed dyslexias, and, and all this stuff. It just, you know, it just kept going and going and going. Because even that, think about it, bestseller based on Jabez. So what was it about this guy that God said, this is why I'm going to make him stand out in the crowd? Because I think there's some principles just in these couple verses that, that we can actually apply to our lives, that we can learn from Jabez. The, these, these principles, these three things really reveal the kind of life that God wants every one of us to live. Because listen, 
God made you unique, whether you realize it or not. There's no two alike. Not even identical twins. They're different as well. And so God has a unique plan and purpose for your life. And I'm convinced of this. Too many of us as Christians live below God's best for our lives. We, we choose average when God did not create you to be average. God did not create me to be average either, even if I do a lot of very general, stereotypical dad stuff. So my kids tell me. And so three principles here, and I hope you'll take notes uh, because I think this is really, really a great encouragement, this message. Three principles that reveal really the fact that God created you and created me to live above average based on this prayer of Jabez. First of all is this, Jabez had great ambitions. He had great ambitions. And God wants you to have great ambitions as well. There's nothing wrong with having great, big, huge dreams and ambitions. There are three common misconceptions, though, when it comes to having ambition. The first is this. Sometimes we confuse fear with humility. Sometimes we confuse fear with humility. I, I remember this, this, is, uh, this is a better part of my life where, where really I, I spent so much time in fear. And people used to think I was humble. I wasn't humble. I was scared to death. I was scared to death to try anything, to do anything for God. And, and I remember that, that I'd meet like these, these great uh, leaders and, and Christian speakers at conferences. And they're like, man, I got to tell you, just spend a little time with you. And I think God's got to, and they, they go boom, 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 boom. They say all this stuff. And I'm like, well you know, if that's what God would have for me. And inside I'm going like, I'm scared to death. And they, they thought, man, you're really humble. And I was like, no, I didn't tell them. I'm really afraid. I'm really afraid to step out in faith. I, I'm really afraid to, 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 to really just, just begin to move on what God's put in my heart. I'm really afraid of that. The story of my life is not great ambition. The story of my life is God dragging me into what he wants me to do. So many times we can confuse fear with humility. Humility really is this. Let me, let me see if I can kind of explain it. Humility is this. I can't do anything on my own. But with God, all things are possible. And if that's what he called me to do, I will, be, I will do it and I will be faithful and I will complete what he's called me to do. That's humility. Because it's about God. It's not about Greg. It's not about you. It's about him. With God, all things are possible. He can work in and through every one of us, and he wants to work in and through every one of our lives. Here's a second misconception. We confuse laziness with contentment. With contentment. So sometimes we're just like apathy, you know. Uh, it, it's wrong for me to reach for more, whether that's in my career, whether that's influence, uh, whether that's a promotion. Sometimes we feel like it's wrong to do that, that maybe I just sit back and, and do nothing. The only problem with that is this, again, it takes zero faith to do nothing. And God wants you and I to live by faith. The Bible makes it clear, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's really, really hard to spend your life on the couch and please God. It's really tough. And so God always wants us to step out, always wants us to be moving forward, always wants us, could I put it this way, to be growing. And do you know where we grow the most? Outside of our comfort zones. 
outside of our comfort zone, when we're being stretched, we're like, I, I can't do this without you, God, when we're leaning into him. And so sometimes we confuse laziness with contentment. We're just like, no, that's fine. I'm content. But here's the bigger question. Are you growing? Are you growing in faith? See, because if God is all-powerful, then with him, he always wants us to be moving in faith as he gives us the power and the strength. Here's the third thing. Sometimes we confuse small thinking with spirituality. Look at the Bible. Look at creation. God doesn't do anything small. Everything God does is small. And sometimes Christians have this idea, you know, small, I'm just doing my little part for God. Well, why are you just giving him a little bit, not everything? I'm just doing my little part for God. God doesn't want us to live. He wants us to do big. He wants us to do extravagant. He wants us to do amazing with his power and with his strength. Day one, the church was birthed 3,000 people day one. God doesn't do anything small. Nothing small at all. And sometimes we confuse kind of small thinking and small ideas that it's really, really spiritual. There's all kinds of parables that Jesus talks about where he says, to whom given, you know, he is faithful and little will be given much. God's all about increase. Over and over, Jesus talked about parables where he's like, what have you been given and what have you done with what you've been given? Never small. Remember that one parable uh, of the talents where the one guy, he goes and buries the talent in the ground because he's like, I, I, I just don't want to lose. I'm just afraid to step out. And he returns it to the master, and, and Jesus tells that story, and the master said, you're a wicked servant. You could have at least invested it in the bank and gotten some interest. Sometimes we confuse small thinking with spirituality. And what Jabez says is this, enlarge my border. Don't let me just be content with small. Don't let me confuse fear with humility. Don't let me confuse laziness with contentment. Jabez prays, God, enlarge my influence, enlarge my border. And God says, I'm going to make you stand out even among 600 people that I name in my scripture. 600 people, all they got was a name and who their kid was. But not you, Jabez, because of this prayer that you prayed. So first he prays great ambition, and then he talks about growing faith, growing faith. He, he says, let him grow even, even larger. I, I heard this, I remember the great uh, missionary, William Carey, who went to India and is credited with just the spread of the gospel uh, in India. William Carey put it this way, attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. See, that's the problem with small thinking. When we have small thinking, we don't expect God to do anything. And God always wants to show up, and when he shows up, he always wants to show off. That's God. That's the God of the scripture. And we were just like, no, teeny, tiny, just nothing. I just play it safe. God's like, Really? That's all you got? Lean into me. Expect more. Ask more from me. And watch what I do. Attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God. Again, just imagine this for just a minute. Just, just put yourself in Jabez's uh, sandals, I guess it is. His name is Pain. His mama said, every time I look at you, you just remind me of how much you hurt me how much pain you caused me. 
I think this is very, very significant, his name and what God does and how God blesses him. Think about it for just a minute. Regardless of his painful past, Jabez had faith to look ahead and to attempt great things in the future. I, I, I just have this feeling maybe he didn't have a great childhood. Maybe you didn't either. But I don't think your mama named you pain. That was Jabez. But instead, he says, God, I put my faith in you. Enlarge my territory. Protect me. Give me your power and your strength so that I won't, won't cause any pain, that I won't be, uh, will not br nothing will come into my life to bring me pain. Let me ask you a question right now. What's your handicap? What's the thing in your life where you say, no, God could never do anything big in my life or through my life? That's your Jabez. That's your Jabez. And Jabez didn't use it as an excuse because he knew who God really was. And instead he called out to God. What, what, maybe, your, maybe your handicap is physical. Maybe your handicap is spiritual. Maybe you, you didn't grow up on the right side of the tracks, railroad tracks. Maybe you had an unhappy childhood or you're right now in a frustrating dead-end job. Maybe you have a broken marriage. Whatever it is, listen to what Jesus says. In Mark chapter 9, in verse 23, Jesus said, Everything is possible for one who believes. Everything. Everything is possible. As long as we don't let fear come in and we walk in fear. As long as we aren't lazy. As long as we don't let small thinking affect us. Everything. Everything. Everything is possible for one who believes. And you know what the problem is? Right now even, some of you don't believe that. <laughs> And that's why it's not possible. Because we just don't believe what Jesus said. Like we talked about last week. Although he's the one that made all these promises and predictions, even about his own death and resurrection, and then he did it. We still just don't believe him. Everything is possible for one who believes. Let me ask you a question today. How's your faith? Is your faith growing? Or are you just kind of like, cozy and relaxed and everything's just chill. Everything is possible for one who believes. Jabez had great ambitions. Jabez had growing faith. And you know what else Jabez had? He had genuine prayer. Genuine prayer. He was genuine. He was real when he prayed. God is not impressed with our many words God is not impressed when we go all William Shakespeare on him, which, by the way, Jesus didn't speak Shakespearean English. Shakespeare wasn't even around, nor was English. And God's not impressed by our, our stained glass voices or our many, many words. God is impressed with genuine prayer, sincere. Can I put it this way, like modern words? Uh, just when we keep it real with him. And Jabez was keeping it real. Jabez was keeping it real. When he said, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, that, you, uh, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that it would not bring me 
into pain. And God granted him what he asked. There's three things that we can ask of God and we can expect he's going to do it every single time. You ready for this? Sometimes I like to think of prayer like a batting average, answered prayer. Like I wonder what my answered prayer average is. You want to increase your answered prayer average? You want to bat a thousand? Like the, I'm going to give you three things right now. You pray for the, God will do it every time. Every single time. You, may, you don't have to pray for anything else. If you just pray these three things, the rest of your life, every prayer you pray is going to be answered. You ready for it? Three things that we can be sure of and expect him to answer. Here it is. Number one, God's power in my life. God, give me your power in my life. God, I'm asking for your power today for whatever it is that I face. See, here's the thing. Power to do what you've called me to do, God. That's what I'm asking for. Power to resist temptation and to walk in the way that you want me to walk in the way that pleases you. God, I'm asking for your power. And you know what? He will every single time that we pray that. See, ambition is neither good or bad. It's just a basic drive of life. And, and, and I believe this. Sometimes we think it's like wrong ambition, but it's really dreams God's putting in your heart. It's ideals that God's dropping into your mind. We're like, no, that's just too big. No, that's too crazy. That's just too wild. God, give me your power. If that's, what you, if that's from you, God, I'm asking you, give me your power to accomplish the dream that you've put in my heart, the thoughts that you've put into my mind. And James chapter 4, verse 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. Wow. Think about that for just a minute. The Bible says there's a lot of things that God wants to do in your life. There's a lot of ways that God wants to bless you and bless me, but he doesn't because we never ask him to. We never ask him to. I remember my dad used to tell a story, and I remember it as a kid. It used to kind of really, I don't know, it would get me really uptight when he'd tell this story. He would say, you know what, one day we're all going to be in heaven and, and, and I just imagine there's going to be a closet with your name on it. And, and, and we're going to go there and we're going to open the door and we're going to see all these wrapped gifts on the shelves. All these wrapped gifts. And, and, and I think we're going to ask Jesus, you know, what, what, what are all these wrapped gifts? Those are all the blessings I had for you in your life if you only would have asked for them. But you didn't. And so now they're wasted. You do not have because you do not ask. Jabez asked. Look at Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3 in the Old Testament. It says, God says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you, listen, tiny, little, insignificant things that don't matter. That's not what he said. Look at what he says. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. God wants to amaze you. God wants to amaze me, but he says, call on me. You gotta call on me. You gotta ask. You gotta, you gotta talk to me. Call on me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. And then Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 in the New Testament. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us, watch, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Think about this. God is like just, just waiting. He's just poised in heaven. And, and he's got his sleeves rolled up and he's like, come on, Greg, just ask me. Just ask me. I want to work for it. Just ask me. Just come on. And I just go about my business. He's like, all right, son. 
I, I think this plays out over and over and over and over almost every day of our lives because we don't ask, because we don't ask. In fact, recently, Susie and I were with some friends, and we were just talking about the future. We were talking about, you know, kind of at this stage in our life, what we, what we see happening and what we want, you know, to see God do. And then I said, you know what? I, they said, let's pray. And, and we just prayed together. And, and, and this is the verse that, that came to me. That this whole idea that he wants to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or think. And also that verse, uh, you have not because you ask not. And, and that's how I pray. It's like, God, I'm just asking. You're the father, I'm a child. I, I feel more and more like a little kid every time I talk to you. God, I'm just this is what I want. Daddy, this is what I want. I'm just asking you. But because I, I don't want to miss something because I didn't ask. I said, God, this is what I want. And, and I'm still just asking, God, this is what I want. This is what I'm asking. And it's up to him whether he, that's going to happen or not. It's up to him. But I'm not going to miss it by not asking. Because the Bible says he wants to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So as soon as you ask for something from God, guess what? You've already limited it. It's below what he wants. There's so much more that he wants to do. I'm convinced of this based on God's word. He doesn't want you to be average. And he doesn't want me to be average. He wants us to ask him. He wants us to ask him. He wants to do incredible and amazing things in and through our lives. And you know what that means also? God wants to do incredible and amazing things in and through this church. Through this church. I believe that with everything in me. Here's the second thing that we can pray. And God will answer God's presence in life. God, give me your presence. Be with me. This is what Jabez said, 1 Chronicles 4.10, and that your hand might be with me. And that's a picture, and that your hand might be with me. That's a picture of God's blessing on our life, his presence, and that his hand would be on us. The Bible says elsewhere that the, the work of our hand would be blessed. The things we lay our hands to would be blessed. Jabez prayed this. He says, God, that your hand would be upon me. That, that, I, that I would stand out, that I wouldn't leave any blessings unopened that you intended for me in this life. God, I ask for your presence. And then here's the third thing that we can pray and we can be confident of it right out of this prayer, Jabez. God's protection in this life. God, protect me. God, protect me. 1 Chronicles 4.10, and that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. Keep me from harm. I, I wonder sometimes, there are times that, you know, we're just going through life. I, I wonder sometimes when, uh, you know, I, I like forget my cell phone <laughs> and I have to go back to the house when I'm leaving and I gotta go pick up my cell phone. I don't know, maybe I'm just like this. I, I, I pray God protects me. I just wonder sometimes, how much that put my trip back. And then as I'm driving on where I'm getting, and then I realize, well, look at that, and I pass an accident. And it might have been me. It, 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 if, if I, 
I remember just recently we were supposed to go, uh, where was that we were going? Oh, we were going down to Long Island, and uh, uh, we were supposed to take our daughter down there to, to meet her boyfriend and his parents, and uh, there was some snow, and I was like, you know what, I just don't feel good about this. Uh, we're we're going to have to go the next day. And, and there was that huge accident on 684 with a number of fatalities. We would have been right there, right in the middle of it, the exact same time if we'd not decided, ah, I just don't feel right about it. Let's we'll go tomorrow. That you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. Powerful. Powerful. This prayer of Jabez. And don't forget what God said about what Jabez prayed here, and God granted him what he asked. God granted him what he asked. Here's a conclusion. One more verse I want to look at, and and then we're actually going to share communion together, which I think is very, very fitting. And we try to do this four times a year, at least once a quarter. But but here's why I'm so convinced that so many of us live below average. It's because of something that Jesus said. It's because of something Jesus said that is so clear, so profound, as he explained the purpose that he came to this world. In John chapter 10, verse 10, listen to what Jesus said. The thief, that's our enemy, that's our adversary, that's the devil. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. Listen to what Jesus says. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus said, the reason I came is not so you'd be average. Came is so that you'd be extraordinary. Life abundantly. That's the reason why I came. An amazing different quality of life. That's why he came. Our enemy, he wants to steal. He wants to kill. He wants to destroy. He wants to keep you thinking small and doing nothing for God. That's what pleases him. But Jesus said, I've come that they. Who's that they? It's you and me. It's everyone. This promise is for everyone and anyone. I've come that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's why he came. That's why he lived a sinless life. And he laid that life down on the cross as a sacrifice for you and me. Not just for the forgiveness of our sins, which is so huge and and magnificent. And he rose again from the grave three days later. But to change the quality of your life and my life here and now. Just like we talked about worry. Last week, and before that, stress, where Jesus said, last week, he said, do not worry. Why? Because he's concerned about the quality of your life today, right here, right now. Because he said, I came that you'd have abundant life, not just getting by, not just surviving. I came to give you real life, a kind of life that's just not even available apart from me. So I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, help us now just to get a glimpse, just to get a glimpse of how much greater you are and what you want to do in our lives 
and through our lives. Lord, we thank you for this prayer of Jabez that challenges us. Lord, we thank you for, for people like William Carey who said, attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God. God, forgive us for expecting too little. God, God, forgive us for not asking. Father, forgive us. Lord, may we grow in our faith. May, may, we, may we pray genuine prayers. And Father, also, may we, may we have great ambition, not for our sake, but for yours, that we would fulfill every great plan and purpose that you've created, each and every one of us uniquely for. Father, may we lean into you and your power every single day to accomplish what you've created us to accomplish. And right now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to give an opportunity for, for everyone in the hearing of my voice in this moment. If you've never taken that first step of, of great faith, of growing faith, to, to put your life in the, those nail-scarred hands of Jesus, he lived a sinless life for you, and he died a sacrificial death for you. And he rose from the dead to prove once and for all that he did it for you. And you're forgiven. And I'm forgiven because of his perfect life and his sacrificial death and his resurrection. The Bible makes it real clear that if we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So I want to lead you in a prayer right now. If you've never prayed just opened your heart and put your, trusted your life into the hands of Jesus Christ. You can just repeat this prayer with me right now. You don't have to scream it out loud or, or anything. Just even under your breath, you can do it. But the main thing is open your heart to Jesus in this moment as you just repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I received Jesus' sacrifice for me through his life, through his death, and through his resurrection. Jesus, be my Lord. Guide me. Direct me. Show me the plan and purpose you have for my life. And give me your strength by your Holy Spirit to fulfill the purpose that I was created for. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Valley Christian Church located in Hopewell Junction, New York. Please visit us online at valleychristianchurch.net for more information. Thank you.